Are you tired of spinning your wheels with ineffective marketing strategies? Do you dream of finding a way to grow your business while also giving back to your community? Well, have you thought about charitable auctions? Maybe you've tried them in the past and you feel stuck because you're tired of donating to auctions that haven't gone that well. Either the winners never bothered to redeem their gift certificates or the ones who did were so price sensitive that you wished you'd never heard from them in the first place. Or maybe you've wanted to try auction marketing, but you don't know where to start and the thought of a bunch of trial and error makes you want to lay down and take a nap. Well, we've just launched our brand new course, Rework Your Marketing with Charitable Auctions. In this course, you'll gain access to a comprehensive course that has been meticulously crafted over 18 years of our own trial and error in our portrait studio in the trenches of charitable auctions. In this course, we dive deep into the world of charitable auction marketing and uncovering the secrets to our success with this. From setting clear goals to identifying the best charities for your business, we'll show you how to navigate this powerful marketing strategy with confidence. But that's not all. You're also going to receive a treasure trove of exclusive resources, including customizable templates, vendor recommendations, and tracking spreadsheets. Picture this. You donate a portrait session to a local charity auction. Not only does your donation attract the attention of your ideal clients, but it also helps support a cause that you're passionate about. And with the tools and insights provided by this course, you'll be able to turn those auction winners into lifelong clients. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, now is the time to rework your marketing strategy with charitable auctions. Visit our website today, dotherework.com forward slash auctions, and take the first step toward transforming your business and making a difference in your community. Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome back to The Rework. If you've ever found yourself in a group of photographers talking shop, whether online or in real life, it usually doesn't take too long before somebody in that group is going to tell you why whatever you're talking about won't work in their town, either because the population's too small or just won't work in their business or the people in their area just aren't ready for whatever it is that you're talking about. So sometimes we're around those negative people. Sometimes we are those negative people. But today's guest is Rudy Martin of Clark Martin Photography from Billings, Montana, a very sparsely populated city. And he is going to share with us the story of his family's business, how his mom and dad took their studio from a home-based studio 
to a downtown Billings powerhouse, an industry powerhouse, and how he, as the next gen, as he's buying the studio from his parents, is taking the studio in new and really exciting directions. But at the core of it all is the core values of the Martin family, how they believe that clients should be treated. And I know that you're going to find so much inspiration in this story. Let's do it. Okay, today's guest, I'm very excited to have Mr. Rudy Martin of Clark Martin Photography in our podcast studio. Thanks for being here, Rudy. You're welcome. It's an honor. Thanks. So Rudy, you are one third of the Martin trio that has become so famous in our industry. Your dad is so well known and loved and your mom is so well known and respected and loved as well. And your parents have made a change recently. Yes. So my parents, as of a month ago, are fully 100% retired and I have bought the business from them. Awesome. And tell us where you are and for anybody that doesn't know who you are. We're in in Billings, Montana. Um, My parents started the studio in the basement of their home in Columbus, which was 40 miles from here. Billings is the largest population in Montana of a mere 130,000 people. And so (laughs) the studio was there for until 2013 when I was instrumental in moving it into downtown Billings, which is where pretty much all of our clients drove from to get to us. Okay. An amazing studio, exposed steel and oof, that studio is so sexy. Thank you. So amazing. Now, did you buy that building? Yeah, we did buy the building. It worked as a owner operator building. There are six apartments above it. So that created some extra income for my parents in their retirement. So they continue to own the building. I leased the photography space from them. We, at the time of purchasing the building, we needed a lot of space so that we could photograph high school seniors in an area, families in an area, and children in an area. Mm. So we are right around 10,000 square feet. The business is completely different now than when my parents were running it. So we don't necessarily need that much space. But, you know, when you have that space, you end up filling it somehow. Oh, yeah. Well, and just I think the volume of space, like how it I haven't had the privilege to be in the building, but just seeing video of the space. I'm sure just having that open space just gives it that gallery high end. Yeah, I wanted, I designed it to be, especially the gallery, to be something that when you walk in, my Montana people and residents would walk in going, whoa, I haven't seen anything like this in Billings, but still warm enough that it was relatable to them and they felt Mm -hmm. comfortable in it. The gallery is a very large gallery in comparison, but that was because I wanted to bring the community into the space. So we have had art walks, we've done auctions here, we've had sit down dinners, we've had black tie affairs, all kinds of things to bring the community into the space. And that was really instrumental in getting the community to know us as a Billings business instead of an out of town business. Okay. I love that. And you've done so many really cool events and things there. So I think many people listening may or may not know your mom and dad's story, just, you know, starting from that basement studio and kind of how many start out like either a solopreneur or a couplepreneur and thinking, oh, we can't charge and we love everybody. And then your mom finally like shook her Scarlett O'Hara fist at the sky and said, my kids must go to college. And so 
she decided to start charging and really got the sales down. And you guys went into more of a high end yeah. boutique type portrait studio. Was that fair? Yep, very much. So okay. the, the average on a high school senior was between four and five thousand dollars. Okay. Families was around thirty five hundred. It definitely went from photograph as many people as we can for three hundred dollars to we need to charge correctly so that we can make money at this as well as put our kids through college and have a life outside of the studio. Okay. So fast forward, you come into the business and at this point, this is how long, how many years ago that you came into the business? So I swore when I graduated (laughs) high school, I would never go into photography because this is right before my parents learned how to sell and price correctly and actually to run the studio as a business instead of we want everyone to like us. Right. And so growing up, we didn't take vacations. My parents were photographing weddings at the time. So there was never weekends open. They were never home on my birthday because that was when imaging was in January. We didn't have money to be buying things. And so I'm like, why would I go into this? This is crazy. And so I went off to college on the West Coast and got a business and marketing degree, started my own graphic design business, produced newsletters for about 100 photographers around the the nation. And then in 2007, I was looking to cut some overhead and my parents were like, we need help with this thing called Facebook. And I said, okay, I'll come back and I'll help you for one year, but don't get used to me because I'm going back to the city. And so one year turned into three And then I didn't know what I was, I ended up closing my graphic design business and was working for my parents. And I didn't feel called to go back to the Seattle or Portland area. Didn't Mm -hmm. know what I was going to do. And I said, you know what? I'd like to be my dad's assistant for a full year so I can understand everything that goes into this. And I'd like to work in each department so I understand it as well. So that if I'm going to turn this down, that I really did my homework on it. And the craziest thing happened is I fell in love with how we make people feel when we photograph them. And I think that's something that photographers take for granted. Being photographed is a very vulnerable thing to have done to you, especially for women. And so we as photographers have this small amount of time that we can empower and lift somebody up or with just a few words, destroy their feelings that they'll be like, I don't photograph well, I don't look good. Right. Of one or two words that this photographer told me that that might not be what we intended to say, but that's what stuck to. Or even an expression, even exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's not working. Come over here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I fell in love with how we can increase confidence and make people feel beautiful who don't feel beautiful and tell them they're doing a great job with their kids, even though they're, they have the horrible time getting their kids even in these clothes to be there, but telling them they're doing a good job and telling the kids that you have amazing parents because they're taking the time to do this, that you can have this someday down the road. And so that's what I fell in love with and said, okay, I'm on board. I want to take over the studio one day, but I need you to know When I do, I'm moving it out of your home studio to a downtown Billings location. They thought I was crazy. And I said, let me do the numbers for you. I showed them that 86% of our business was driving from here. So it made sense for them. And so I then started photographing here in Billings, photographed three years so that I could really understand all of that. And my dream always was to have a team of photographers working for me. And so one, Bill Sorensen told me years ago, he said, you should photograph to honor the industry. 
I was like, I will, I will do that. And then two, I wanted to make sure that I knew why an image didn't look correct. So that when I had photographers, I could say, this isn't correct because of this. Got it. They couldn't say, well, you don't know because you never photographed. Right. And so I knew all those things and it has grown now to where I have three photographers on staff. I personally haven't photographed for about three years now. My dad hasn't photographed for two. And a year ago in January is when I purchased the business for my parents I love the mission of family portraits and what it does for kids' confidence, their sense of belonging, and the impact it can have on their future to be amazing moms and dads in the future, as well as productive citizens and creating family values around that. So that's what we focus on now is family portraits. And my goal is to get a family portrait into as many homes as I can. I love that. So the business is very different now than when you were photographing and everything. So you've gone from the high-end boutique. You still have that feel for sure, but you've changed the business model. I mean, you've changed, you know, who's creating the product. So that's interesting. But the brand is still totally intact, totally. Yep. Yep. So can you speak to that? Or because I I actually don't know what you're going to say. I want to hear. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. So my dad couldn't, the business was designed originally around my dad. So I call it artist centric. So unless he was behind the camera, no photographs were ever being taken. If he took vacation, all business stopped that that was happening. And myself with a business degree in entrepreneurial spirit in that sense, I'm like, okay, how can I get this to run without me so that if I'm gone, it's still making money. And so the first thing we did was create a session that was very systemized. And it was one that lights were in a specific spot, specific setting. We have a set of furniture that we're going to use for posing and we have one background. And so we started with that as my dad photographing to see how that went mm-hmm. and it was doing really well. And so when I was training, and this was before we started doing this, when I was training, my goal was that when someone looks at my work, they can't say, oh, well, Clark didn't photograph that. I can totally tell. Right. When my work is hanging in the gallery, no one should be able to see or realize who photographed that. And so as we then started training photographers with our new indoor family style, I was like, this is the level you have to play at. Because if I can see that this was not photographed by Clark, it's not good enough. And so they are all held at that same standard. And that's the training we take them through. I call it through Clark Martin's eyes. And Mm -hmm. that's the training we go through of mostly posing as well as how client feels. Mm. The first day that I put the first non-Martin photographer in the camera room, my dad went up halfway through the day and just started introducing himself to people and things. And he came back downstairs and he goes, they don't miss me. And I'm like, I kind of thought that might happen, but I didn't want to tell you that because they just, they were still being photographed at a level that they saw on the walls and they were having the experience, even though it wasn't with him. Yeah. And that can be a knock to the ego, but it's also super exciting because now you've just transcended yourself. Exactly. And there would be some times that he would come to me and say, look at this work. This is not up to the level I want. And I said, I understand that. I also understand no one is ever going to photograph at your level, but at the same time, remember you took last week off and you also got paid. You like that. And he's like, okay, I do like that. Yeah. And there's a couple of things there. I remember thinking I was in a 
staff meeting with my staff and we were, this is when we were bringing an associate photographer and I was feeling nervous about that, whatever. And, and we were talking about these very things like, okay, well, are people going to be, feel like, well, if it wasn't shot by Allison, then I'm not happy about it or whatever. And all of a sudden I just thought, you know, Carl Lagerfeld has, well, he's dead now, but was designing for Coco Chanel. Coco Chanel has been dead a long time. And yet that brand is still going. And I said in that meeting, I said, you know, really, we're all just working for Allison Tyler Jones, the brand, because mm-hmm. in my life, I'm Allison Jones. I'm not Allison Tyler Jones. I'm just Allison Jones, but we're all working for her. And, and yeah. she is not necessarily me. She's a standard, right? Of excellence of work and exactly what you said. How do you make people feel? That's what they remember is how did we make them feel? Mm-hmm. And then how did we make them look in their portraits? You and I can critique an image would be like, why on earth did you pose like that? You're totally not doing her justice with this pose. But she felt beautiful in that and you made her feel beautiful. And that's what she keeps. Yeah, for sure. I think it's helping our clients see themselves in a new way, helping them see like, I really do love my family. I really am glad that I had these kids. You know, I because it's just so hard. It's hard to raise kids and it, you get so caught up in the day to day. And I, well, I love that experience to see them see themselves in a new way. And what you, what you'll find is you have to tell them that because even though we may think they know that we, you mm-hmm. have to remind them of that Absolutely. Um, of kids saying, do you know how amazing your parents are and telling the, the parents, you are wonderful parents. Do you know how amazing your kids are? Mm-hmm. Look at this. Look, look how strong he looks here, even though he's seven, but look how strong he is or look how confident she looks over here that they're like, you're right. We are doing a good job. And this yeah. is important to us. Yeah. And it's absolutely genuine. And there's always something that you can find. I, you know, sometimes people will say, well, are you just making up stuff? And it's like, you don't have to make it up. If you spend enough time with them, you can see it. Yes. And I would agree. There are times where you, I remember when you first start, I remember feeling I'm being fake, but Mm -hmm. then I would reflect on it. I'm like, no, I really, I really felt that I had a client He's a good friend of ours and he called it schmoozing and he goes, yeah. oh, Clark schmoozing again. And he would just poke fun at it all the time. But I'm like, that's genuinely who he is. If you get him out of this camera room and just have dinner with him, he will do yeah. the same thing. Absolutely. How amazing you are. You're doing wonderful things. Yeah. Two of the best compliments I've ever had in my life from another human being have been from your dad. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's just who he is. Yeah. And so, and that that's the core of that brand, you know, mm-hmm. I, And so I think sometimes we, when we think about our business, we're thinking, okay, what do we want our brand to be colors and typography? And we want this to be cool and we want it to look a certain way, but it's really, how do we want our clients to feel about themselves in the presence of our brand? Yep. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So what have you changed then business model wise? So you, you changed from one, one or two photographers, kind of a higher end boutique, as far as like what you're selling. Yep. And now you've gone to three photographers and more of a volume. Is that right? Or, or like, tell me about that. Yeah. So we are still high priced. We did not change pricing at all. We are just now high volume also. Mm. And so we, we can photograph seven families a day. We dedicate an hour to them and take an hour for lunch. They view immediately after their portrait session. So we don't have to make multiple appointments. That seems to be helpful to parents. That is just one, two hour section that they're dedicating to it. We have found that having childcare is very helpful in parents making decisions. So there's not kids running around the, the showroom, what we call mm-hmm. 
So that's been helpful as well. And then I hold my team to specific benchmarks that we have to make. So the business, even though it is was created as a family business, I, I say we are a fun group of people to work with, but we operate on purpose. So this is not someplace that it's come and sit and have a good time. It's what did we accomplish today? Who did we influence today? And so you'll, if you came into the office, you would see our booking board. There's a goal of how many bookings we want each week. There's a goal of these are how many openings are open next week and how can we fill them? There's a sales average goal as well as then moving that into a yearly goal and, and broken into those things as well. Photographers okay. also, even though it's a creative role, have specific photographing lists that they need to make sure that they're getting for the sale, as okay. well as are they spending enough time to create a relationship that the people feel special. So tell me again, what do we accomplish today and, and who did we influence today? Yeah. Okay. Love that. So what are the kinds of things that you're wanting them to shoot? Is there like a specific kind of things that you want them to hit? Yep. So and it, we have it different because we do photograph couples. We have an all-encompassing family. And what I kind of do is within a full family, you're going to find that there's different dynamics. So if I do a big family blanket umbrella, inside of that, there's going to be couples. Inside of that, there's going to be children. Inside of that, there's going to be grandchildren and different generational. And inside that, there's going to be single parents. And mm -hmm. so those are the different sessions that we focus on. And so each one has a different shot list, basically. So with a couple, I'm not going to be doing as many photographs as I would a family of six. Because right. we still have to work it into a family of six needs to have to fit still within the allocated time. And with a, a couple, I still need to photograph enough that they feel that they got value from it. Okay. So let me just let's make sure I'm understanding. So basically what you're doing is within this family session product line, so to speak, like family sessions is the, is the business. That's an umbrella. And under that, there is a different category for each type of family session. So if it's just me and my husband and we're older, that's going to be a family couple session. And then there's a family maybe like a family generational session or a family nuclear session or whatever. And you have those, those typed out. And then eat within each one of those, you kind of have a shot list for that. Correct. Cause we're advertising for each one of those inside of the, the giant scope of everything. So we'll advertise in a different way. Cause my market is a small market that if I just advertise corporate family, it gets ad fatigue very quickly. But if I advertise for couples or families with dogs or just siblings, that then keeps me getting sessions all the time. Interesting. And so are you doing that primarily social media, like the funnel thing? Yeah. So yeah. right now, everything is Facebook and running through funnels. Okay. And you've, you've been working on that for a really long time. Like you've, you probably, do you feel like you've kind of perfected that? Cause you, that's been what, three or four years? Yeah. I would say that, yeah, we have perfected it. There's some follow-up sequences that we're working on now on warming up people so that they're eager and ready to buy when they come in instead of coming in going, oh, I didn't know that your prices were this or I knew you were high priced, but I want everything and I can't afford 12 or 15 or 20,000. So sure. we can prepare them to be opened up to the conversation and that they've had the conversation with their spouse of, Hey, I'm kind of wanting to do something. Yeah. So if somebody said to you, somebody that's a, maybe a solopreneur, somebody that's been in the business for a while has a, you know, maybe employee or two, and they're wanting to 
shoot more. Because I think that's a common thing, you know, for boutique, you're like, well, we go less people, higher dollar or whatever, because we want to spend more time. But let's just say, you know, they wanted to do more. What would be your first suggestion for that? Looking back. Yeah. So whether it's a solopreneur, an artist centric, or a, I now call us client centric. So how many clients can we serve is not what it, what my vision is. Any of that, all of it comes down to how do we get appointments on the calendar? That's how you make money as appointments on the calendar. So the first thing is where do leads come from or where am I going to find people? And so lead generation is one for us before we went heavy into social media. That was auctions, relationship with other businesses, mm-hmm. mini displays, expos, things like that. We still do some of those, but not as much as we used to. And then when you get into social media is crafting an irresistible offer that you're going to get people raising their hands saying, I'm interested. That can be anything to complimentary portrait session to complimentary portrait session with small product that you're going to work to upsell. And then the next is you need someone to be calling those leads to get them booked. So when I, for us, the biggest increase in growth when I took over and I I've been running operations for probably the last 10 years, when we met our business coach from way back then, the biggest growth was getting a dedicated phone person who was just calling these leads and booking them. Got it. Yeah. You've been, you guys work the phones. Like, no, I don't know anybody else that does what you guys do. Yeah. The phone department is, I haven't let go of that department. I still manage it because it is the lifeblood. Yeah. That's amazing. So if somebody wanted to kind of look and dip their toe into the Facebook funnel situation, I know that's kind of been a hot topic over the last few years. Do you have any suggestions of where they might start? There's lots of groups out there that can, that are talking about it and have helpful information on it. There's even like I studied a lot of ClickFunnels books as well as mm-hmm. Russell Brunson's podcast and some of their stuff. The the trick is you want to make sure that you adapt it to be brick and mortar. Because a lot of when you talk social media advertising, it's talking digital products, coaching, things like that. And so that's where you have to mentally go, okay, how how am I going to put this into brick and mortar? So an irresistible offer for a, let's say, a coach is completely different than for us because we have tangible product tied to it that costs right. money or they just have time t- attached to it. Right. And also, but there's still things you could do the same of don't make these seven mistakes the next time you have your picture taken or the next time you have your family portrait taken. I mean, that's a free ebook just right there mm-hmm. that's collecting leads. But then you have to know, okay, what do I do with these leads once they're collected? Right. So those are the things of what I found was I would do it. And then like, oh, I have these leads, but I don't know what I'm going to do with them now. And so I would encourage first to go, okay, I'm going to get leads. And this is how I'm going to walk them through my client journey of, okay, if they come from this, how do I get them to over here that we eventually get them saying, I am interested in a portrait session with you that we can call them. Well, and I find just, you've worked with a lot of photographers through the years as I, as have I, and I find that everybody's like, oh, how do I get leads? How do I get more leads or whatever? It's like, well, if you're not practiced at calling your own clients, like if you aren't even doing that, more leads is not going to help you because if you are averse to talking on the phone or having that conversation with somebody, you know, because sometimes you get leads in and you're scared and you're like, well, I don't want to bug people. I don't want to be salesy. That's weird. You know? So if you feel that way, then, then maybe 
start with your existing clients. You know, that's what we do. We'll, we'll call our existing clients and get them booked for the year. Make sure we're checking up on people and just getting, you know, making sure that you have the right person on the phone. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. But if you're a solopreneur, make sure that you're comfortable talking about it and asking for that business. Tony Robbins talks about it. Also, if you've ever been to one of his events when he's like, I, and he uses some swear words. He's like, I created this mother effort. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is not the Tony Robbins from 30 years ago. I created this guy to be able to motivate people and move people how I need them to move in order to change their lives. And so that's one way. The other way is, okay, I myself, I am not good on the phones. I'm not good at doing bookings and doing sales because that's just not my my strength. And so I was like, okay, if that's not my strength, I need to find someone who is good at that. And so that's who I hire now are people who are good at, I'll even call it closing. So yeah, we are working with a complimentary session, but I still have to ask for a deposit and talk about pricing. So I have to help them understand the value and close that. And so there are other people who I'm like, okay, good. You're taking care of that area. I'll focus on this area. Yeah. So what would you say if you were going to hire somebody, what are specific things that you look for in that person? One is they like being on the phone all day, talking about the same thing all the time, except for the client is always going to be different. So they have to be willing to follow a script, if not the bullet points to make sure that we cover specific things. And then two, that they're goal-oriented, that they want to get through their their list of leads and they want bookings versus I don't, well, they're they're not sure. And their questions or objections that we all get, that they want to get the booking, that they're like, I will overcome this objection they have to help them get to come in front of the camera. Okay. Well, and you, how you have built that, at least as far as I understand, is one conversation that we had maybe a year or so ago is that your whole team is built around is the belief in the importance of every family having family portraits. And so that helps, I think, somebody on the sales call so that they're not just like, look, this is just another telemarketer. Like I could be selling water softeners, doesn't matter, you know, but no, they're convinced that having a family portrait makes a difference in a family. Yeah. And I think that's very important. That is one thing that I really instill in our our company culture. And I think that that stems from, I don't want any of my team to think this is just a sales call, or this is just to make money. What we do matters and what we do will affect not only this family, but their kids' family and the next generation. So we are in, in a sense, what we do going to affect people's lives for the next 90 years with what we do today. And when I can help my team see it like that, they're like, okay, I'll get on the phones. We got to, we got to make sure that we can help influence these families for positive. And so we do have regular meetings where I'm sharing testimonials, sharing reviews, sharing what someone wrote to us or told us when they picked up their portraits so they can all hear the good of what we're doing. Do we get negative reviews? Yes. Especially in this day and age where it's so easy to just complain without being face-to-face with someone. And when I think when you are on purpose and making a difference, the more you do that, the more target kind of comes onto your back. Yeah. And so that's just part of business anymore today, sadly. Yeah. So. 
So one quick topic, side note, what are you doing to get reviews? Like, are you asking for Google reviews or that sort of thing from your clients or do you have a so pro- we, process for we that? We don't specifically ask for Google reviews, but with a delivered order is a basically a, an exit interview card of, on a scale of one to five of these different areas. How did How did we do? Anything else you'd like to tell us? Anything below a four gets addressed in that department. Okay, what happened? How did we go wrong? And then anytime they write something amazing, we will reach out and say, thank you so much. Our team loved hearing that. Would you mind going on social media and just giving us a review with that? Love that. I knew you'd have a process. Yeah, it's kind of like an interview before they give the review, which helps. (laughs) Yeah, well, and especially, you know, it's, I love that you give them that chance to respond and, and that if it's lower than four, is that what you said? Yeah. Four, and and if you're they taking do, it. if they write comments of this was bad, or I didn't like this, we call them and say, we appreciate you telling us this. We are looking into this because that's not what we want. And so we appreciate you being honest with us. We're taking good look into this to get it fixed. Yeah. I love that. Well, huge changes. You are one of the most intentional people I know. You're very focused. Yeah. You're very focused. But the thing that I think is compelling about what you've done is you've taken some things that would historically have changed the brand, changed a high-end artist-centric brand. Historically, that would, okay, we're going to go Facebook funnels. We're going to go volume. We're going to shoot seven sessions a day. Like now that sounds like a whole different kind of business, but really you've just replicated faster already that excellence. Yeah. All I did was I took the schedule my dad and I were doing. And as I'm focusing on families, it would be a one hour family session. And then usually one hour, hour view and order and was like, okay, how can we just get these back to back to back? And I figured out that, okay, to do that, I have to be indoors where the lights are set and we're not moving. And I have to stick to one back background. And that's how I was efficiently looking at it because we, my dad built his brand as outdoor photographer, beautiful landscapes with your family in them. And while that is wonderful, it's all contingent on weather. It's contingent on the heat. It's exhausting. It's hard carrying around lights, all of that. And so as we started moving into this indoor model, I tested it in the fall because I'm like, okay, fall, everyone's going to want their outdoor pictures for that. And so let's just charge a premium for it. So I said, okay, yeah, we will photograph you outdoors on these days, but it's an additional $150 mm-hmm. and nobody took it. I had four weekends blocked for outdoor sessions and nobody took it for the 150. They're like, oh, well, I'll just do the indoor then. And after I was like, yep, we're just doing indoor then. I know. Yeah. I call that the session fee strategy is that you just put a tax on what you don't want to do anymore. And then people generally are like, yeah, I actually really, when they think about it, they really don't want to do that. They want to come and it's easy and it's climate controlled and all the things. Exactly. So how are you turning around? So if they're, I come into you, you shoot the family session and then we do immediately do a one hour view in order. How are you turning that around that quick to be able to have it ready to view? Do they go away for a minute or what happens? Yeah, so they are, the photographer walks them out and says, go ahead and take a look around the gallery. The salesperson usually at that time is free from the family before. They step out, ask if they would like any refreshments. The family then is looking around the gallery, looking at product. The photographer calls their own images. So they, and I have specific parameters on, I need you to do this many images for a family of this size. 
because she has to show this many. So the goal is to sell a wall portrait with a portrait box that has at least 10 images in it. So that that pushes it up to about a $4,000 sale. That's what the goal is always. And so once that calling has happened and the goal is within seven minutes to have that done, so they're quickly moving through it, supposed to then being showing on a typical family, no more than 30 images. And so that then is handed to the salesperson where then the family walks in. The salesperson is seeing the images for the first time in the opening slideshow. Wow. That is tight. It's very tight, but we didn't think it could happen until we tested it. And the first person to test it was my mom, where I said, can I test something? And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I would like to see how you sell without seeing the images before it. And you don't call them. And she's like, all right, let's try it. And so for the day we did it and her sales average was the same. And I said, if you can do it, then that's the new standard. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I think the lesson that I'm taking away from this, I have like four pages of notes now. You've inspired me. But I think the lesson is that why not try it, right? Yeah. Because you're motivated and you're an executor, but I really think that your genius, Rudy, is why not? Like, could we? Yeah. Rather than this won't work here. Yeah. We're in freaking Billings, Montana. There's no people there. Yeah. They have to drive nine hours to get anywhere, right? Yeah. And it's incredible what we do. You're exactly right. Try it. Don't assume it won't work. That's the biggest thing that I, in fact, that's one of our core values is being a problem solver, come with solutions. And so anytime they're like, well, that won't work. I'm like, we're going to try it though. So right now we're testing shaving five minutes off of each session so that I can train them to be 45 minute sessions so I can get three more sessions in in a day. And they're like, what? And I'm like, let's just try it. Let's just, I want you to take five minutes off your time. And can you still get the list of images we need and still make them feel special? And I'm like, we're going to try it for the next, for March is what we're doing. I have one photographer who is doing amazing at it. The other is like, I'm just not doing it. And I'm like, I just have to come around and coach her a little bit. And they're proving it can be done. Yeah. Well, and really you're never, because of what your core values are, you're never going to shortchange the client. You're never, um, that's where the the stop is. That's where the line is. The line is if the clients are not being cared for and not being taken care of. And sometimes I feel like the longer the session goes on, the more we wear them out. Yeah. And the more decisions they have to make, then you all the images. Right, right. Exactly. And I think, well, I know for sure that sometimes just shooting longer I'm usually shooting the longest when I'm the least confident because I'm just, you know, you're like, okay, I'm kind of out of my element. When I know, when I'm on my game, I have shorter sessions because I just know what I'm getting. I can see it. I know that I got it. And I'm just like firing on all cylinders. Well, and this, you taught me this was, we photograph with purpose. This isn't just to take, to click the camera. Is this going in an album or is this going on the wall? Right. What is this for? And that's also what I tell my photographers to tell the clients is, we're going to work through this. We photograph with purpose. So we're not just going to photograph to photograph. So you have too many decisions to make and you're frustrated that you can't get everything. So we're going to work with purpose. And so that's what we work with. So obviously a little kid, shorter amount of time, we're not going to get 45 minutes with that kid. Nope. With a big family, it was, and this is something my dad always taught was we've got a big family. So the faster we can move around to get everyone through, the more images you'll have, but this is what we have to work with. And so they were on the same page where they're working with us because they know if they drag their feet, they're not going to get as many images. Yeah. Yeah. Make them part of the solution. Help me help you. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Well, you're an example 
to one and all. And I think it's just so fun to what you are. I am the result of wonderful people who have come before me. And then I've learned from like you and others in the industry that I'm like, okay, how are you doing that? And how does it work so smooth there? And then I go, okay, well, let's bring it back and put it into our model, but it's make it ours to work for us. Right. No, you're such a good example of that. And I I love to watch the change and the evolution of that. And I think what I'm taking away from this the most is how do we make them feel have at that core of your culture? So, and that that's communicated to your entire team always and that you're doing things on purpose. And then why not? Like, let's just try and see this one little thing. And you're not changing everything all at the same time. Like you, that's another thing that I'm bad at that. I, well, I was bad at till Ivan came into the business and he doesn't let me do it anymore, but I would want to change like everything every year. Like I'd want to, you know, and I think creatives are famous for that, but you'll go into one little narrow area and like, let's just try to do that one thing. And you'll keep ticking away at that until it's smoothed out the way that you like it. And then you'll go to something else. Yeah, totally. And it's from learning because I used to be change the whole thing, upset the fruit basket and it just caused more problems. And I would get upset. I'm like, how come you guys can't keep up with me on this change? This is great. It's going to be so wonderful. Yeah. And so I have learned that it's usually one to two things that I'm like, this is what I want you to work on this week. And this is what I'm going to be looking for at the end of the week that I see this change. And then when I am talking about adding three more sessions a day, it's like, okay, what are the baby steps to get there? And how do I get company buy-in or employee buy-in? And that's with small steps to get them comfortable a little bit, a little more comfortable, a little more comfortable. And what do you know? In 60 days, we've totally changed that whole system. Yeah, that's amazing. And so is everyday shooting or what do you, do you have certain days that you shoot or? Yeah. So we now are open seven days a week. Families are only on the weekends and children are Monday through Thursday. We also have couples that are Monday through Thursday. Also, those are the two types of sessions that are easier to fill weekdays. Families always want, need, seem to need a weekend. Okay. I love it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Is is there anything else that any words of advice, any pearls as you're leaving for people that maybe are a little bit newer or sure. struggling? I would, I would say I'm putting myself, I'm taking myself back even 15 years and listening to something like this, it would be like, oh my gosh, I so want that. How come I can't have that tomorrow? This did not happen in a year. This is a process. It is nothing that happens. Boom, open the business. And this is what we have. And even though we're talking about these are things that we're doing with growth and with any business, there's still the growth pains of employees or team going, I don't want to do that, or them not performing at a certain level or upset clients or or something very small and fixable, but they just want to complain. That's all part of business and you're going to have that. So what I would encourage you is accept the hard times or accept the hard things. Understanding is a part of everyday life. I had a mentor who said, if I don't have someone upset with me or angry at us at least three times in a day, we're not doing things right. We're not making changes or making movements. And so that's really what I've come to is when I, they're like, oh, we got an data review. I'm like, okay, that's my one today. I, I accept it. We got it. Let's see how we can fix it. But it's, it's no longer the, my day is totally ruined because of this one thing. It's like, okay, we'll keep moving and focus on the difference you're making and why you're doing it. 
Because what I always kind of look at, and then when I talk to my team, when they're like, we'd like to discontinue this session or we don't like this, I'm like, okay, so if we don't do that, how many kids will not have a family portrait in their home? How many kids are we going to steal this possible encouragement that they'll go on to do amazing things because this family portrait empowers them and helps them understand they belong to something really important? Is that worth that trade-off? And that's right. that's the passion that I have for that. Yeah, I love that. Rather than like, what, where are we going to make up that money? It's where are those kids? And the money follows. Yes, we have financial goals. But the first thing is, how do we influence? How do we make a difference? And then the money comes up and always fills in. Yes. Well, and I think that the, your point about hard things and mean things coming up, no matter where you're at, you're going to have those things happening. And it's how you learn to it's those problems that actually become the solutions for your bigger, better thing later. Absolutely. So don't you think? Yeah. And I was researching SpaceX with Elon Musk and how it came about and everything. And SpaceX was created by Elon Musk because he was so, he so modeled the astronauts who went to the moon and he mm-hmm. loved them and wanted to be like that and to, to forward that. His biggest critics are the astronauts that went to the moon. They went in front of Congress and said, space should not be privatized. And this is a mistake. And this interviewer was talking to him and he said, how does that make you feel? And he started to tear up and he goes, I wish they could just see what we do. And I'm like, even this billionaire who's changing the world, his heroes are criticizing him. Yeah. And so I'm like, this is just part of life. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you put something out there or you try something, you're going to have pushback from somebody, but it's how you deal with that. And the safest thing is just to stay on the sidelines and, and say, well, it won't work here. Won't work in my town, you know? Yeah. And you've proven that that is not the case. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. I think that's been so inspiring. I'm so excited for people to listen to this. It's a pleasure. It's always wonderful to see you and to talk with you, Allison. You too. Tell your mom and dad, I said, hi, and give them a big hug for me. Okay. Bye. All right. Thanks. You know, the entire reason I started this podcast is because I am convinced I have the best job in the world. Being a portrait photographer fulfills so many needs. It's just meaningful. I get to be with amazing clients and their darling kids. And it's just so rewarding in so many ways. And I know that there are so many talented, amazing photographers out there that could be making a living, a better living for their family if they just tweaked a few things in their business. So if you know somebody who's struggling or that you know this podcast could help, please share it with them. Wherever you listen to your podcast, hit that little share link and send it to them because we want everybody to do better. And if you have a minute and you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to your podcast, it makes a huge difference in getting us exposure so that more and more photographers can learn how to have better businesses. So share and review if you have a minute. I'd so appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework.